From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Friday edition of Washington Watch, last week, the Boy Scouts of America, which filed for bankruptcy last year, announced they had reached an $850 million settlement with former scouts who had been sexually abused. The settlement was one of the largest of its kind in U.S. history. The Boy Scouts filed bankruptcy last year. When it exits, it will be a much smaller organization, membership declining 61 percent since 2019. The leadership of the Scouts is pledging to emerge from bankruptcy and continue carrying out its mission. But is that even possible? The Boy Scouts are not only facing financial bankruptcy. The organization is now laden with a bankruptcy of character and conviction. On today's program, we're going to take a look at the Boy Scouts as a case study on the cost of compromise. Now, before I introduce my guests, let me provide a few introductory comments. First, you may say, I'm not in Scouts, never been, so this really isn't an issue that is for me. Well, hold on. That's not true. This is for you. This, as I said, is a case study and where compromising core principles will lead. Now, I'm not here just to criticize the Boy Scouts and their leadership, although I will, because I was very much involved a few years ago in an effort to help save them from this outcome. But criticizing their weak leadership is not my sole purpose. It is to warn other institutions, other individuals of the consequences that come from decisions driven not by the conviction of what is right and wrong, but by the fear of cultural rejection. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 11 reads, When a scoffer is punished, the simple becomes wise. When a wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. My ultimate goal here today is to learn, to learn from the mistakes of others, to gain insight and wisdom from what the Boy Scouts did. It is to educate, to instruct, and to warn others from taking the broad road that the leadership of the Boy Scouts willingly chose to take. A longtime scout leader and former member of the FRC leadership team, Rob Rob Swartzwalder, now a professor at Regent University, is going to help me in this undertaking. And then we're going to take a look at what has sprung from the ashes of the Boy Scouts, a new organization that is solidly committed to the initial vision and mission of the Boy Scouts, Trail Life USA Mark Hancock, the CEO of Trail Life, will join me for that conversation. The website, TonyPerkins.com, if you're on the free speech platform of Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. Now, uh, before I get into this topic, let me just make you aware of some something new. Uh, I've mentioned this once before, but I, I really want to encourage you to take advantage of this. Recently, the Family Research Council launched a Center for Biblical Worldview. We want to be intentional in helping our listeners, our supporters, to think through the issues of the day from a biblical perspective. What does the Bible have to say about these issues of the day? It has a lot to say. In fact, we've already put out publications dealing with political engagement, human sexuality, uh, pro-life issues, and religious liberty. If you'd like to know more 
about these topics and how you can stay abreast of the issues and what our Center for Biblical Worldview is doing, then I encourage you to text me, text the word worldview. That's one word, worldview, to 67742. That's 67742, the word worldview. Now, message and data rates may apply. Reply, stop. Help for help. You can visit frc.org slash text for terms and conditions and our privacy policy. Again, text the word worldview to 67742 to find out more about the topics our Center for Biblical Worldview is covering. All right. As I mentioned today, this is a little different. I'm going to stay focused on one topic, and that is the Boy Scouts. That is the focus of our program today. As news broke last week of them uh, agreeing to a settlement of $850 million to compensate the victims of sexual abuse, most of them former Scout members. Here to, uh, to help us take a look at this, to look at the history of the Boy Scouts and how they got to their present predicament is Rob Schwartzwalder. He is a familiar name to longtime Washington Watch listeners. Uh, he is uh, was long a longtime scout leader uh, and was a part of the senior leadership team at the Family Research Council. He is now at Regent University as professor and director of Regent Center for Christian Thought and Action. Uh, Rob, welcome back to the program. That's great to be with you, Tony. Great to see you. Now, I know this is an issue that is near and dear to you. You are passionate about this. Your boys have been in scouting. You are a scout leader. Uh, and as I made reference to trying to help the Boy Scout leadership keep from making these decisions, you were very much a part of that at FRC when you were here as we engaged in a project and spent a lot of time and resources uh, to do that. And we may talk about that uh, along the way. But let's talk about right now. I, w- I want to here, – here's the – for our listeners, benefit of our listeners, I want to talk about where the scouts are today. I want to go back and talk about the origins of the scouting, why they were created, what their mission was, and then we're going to take step by step this progress uh, or digression, I should say, it's really not progress, uh, that has led them to this point. And quite frankly, it happened pretty rapidly. So let's start with uh, Boy Scout leaders, uh, the, uh, the membership has dropped drastically uh, in the last six years. It's gone down, as the earlier segment, Tony, that you played, somewhere between 40 to 60%. It's now, as you have said, a shell of what it once was. At its peak only 50 years ago, Boy Scouting in the United States had more than 7 million members. Today, it's about a tenth of that, about 725,000. The decline has been dramatic. Families have voted with their feet. They are no longer willing to accept an organization or participation in an organization that essentially says, we are not going to advance your values. We're not going to encourage young men and boys to follow in a pathway of honor. Instead, we're going to be politically correct, and we're going to follow the winds of culture instead of our own strong traditions and commitments. They're in bankruptcy uh, having to pay, they're agreeing to pay $850 million. In fact, when I look at uh, what the uh, plaintiffs have said they could be liable for, of course, they're going after the insurance companies that were uh, insuring uh, the Boy Scouts. They're saying it's over $100 billion worth of uh, damages that these uh, victims are claiming. So uh, I- I'm, I'm 
actually, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing the Boy Scouts having a future. Uh, when you look, they've had to sell their properties. Uh, they're in bankruptcy. They have no character, quality of character left. They've compromised on everything. I mean, what is the future of the Boy Scouts? I think you've just defined it, Tony. They have abandoned their core mission of training young men to be leaders of high moral character. They no longer are even able to define what they mean by things like honor and morality. And furthermore, as people have left the Boy Scouts, they found alternative organizations. You mentioned Trail Life that I know you're going to discuss with Mark Hancock in a while. There is just no real future for the Boy Scouts in an era when people desperately want their children, their young men particularly, to have strong, healthy role models. They're not getting that in scouting anymore. And uh, I think, frankly, Boy Scouts is reaping what they have sown. Decades of sweeping sexual abuse under the rug, not dealing with it openly, not even um, excising um, predators from their own ranks, sometimes just allowing them to move to another state and participate again. This has actually happened. So in, in addition, as, as you and I have discussed many times, um, Boy Scouts, uh, grounded in a strong Judeo-Christian moral ethic, um, is now pretty much of a moral free-for-all, believe whatever you want, about whatever you want, um, just be nice to people. Well, that's not a very strong basis for the kind of leadership skills scouting was founded to build into boys and young men. Let's talk a little bit about that, uh, Rob, the, the history of scouting. I mean, it's 111 years old. It's a, it's a storied institution in America that up until recently was held in very high regard. I mean, if you were an Eagle Scout, that meant something uh, to be a part of scouting. Uh, that meant something. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the history of scouting, why it was created, its mission and purpose. Sure. It has a very interesting origin, actually, Tony. And you'll remember the Boer War in South Africa in the late 1890s. There was a siege at a South African community named Mafeking, a city that still exists. And the head of the British military contingent there was named Robert Baden-Powell. He was very impressed as they were besieged in that city by a group of young men who called themselves the Mafeking Scouts, a group of young men and boys who ran errands, who provided food for the troops, who um, acted as orderlies for the officers and so forth. And Baden-Powell came home to Britain convinced that there was a real lack of um, training for young men to go into situations where there was high stress, high pressure, whether um, military or actually in professional life or in any sphere. Um, he was very concerned that Britain particularly have a rising generation of young men who could meet the challenge of leadership. So he founded the Boy Scouts. Interestingly, um, the scouting movement skyrocketed within about 15 years of its founding in the United States alone. There were about half a million Boy Scouts. President Theodore Roosevelt was a leading advocate of the Scouts. He said uh, he is he is still to this day um, in, in an honorary position as the chief scoutmaster. Um, he was active in his own local Boy Scout troop. And his leadership, as in so many other areas, helped spur the advent of scouting. And traditionally, ever since, every president of the United States 
has been the um, de facto head of Boy Scouting. It's an honorary role, but that speaks to the point you raised earlier, which is historically scouting has been esteemed. It's been seen as a way of creating uh, character in young men, building confidence in a variety, a host of skills, ranging from woodcraft to how to lead a group, um, how to manage one's time, how to build things. I mean, basically, it's training for life. Many leading Americans in the military, in business, in government have been in scouting, and many have been Eagle Scouts. To this day in Congress, there is a substantial number of men who are Eagle Scouts. So we've seen scouting bear tremendously good fruit. But underneath that, sadly, as we've already discussed, there has been kind of this growing um, moral rot, quite frankly. It's been a rot that took place early on in scouting. President Roosevelt's son, Theodore Roosevelt II, was a vice president of scouting. And in the 1930s, he went public acknowledging the scouts had something called the red flag file. Um, this was a file that contained the names of sexual predators, made the front page of the New York Times. It was a bombshell. Sadly, in the intervening decades, scouting has not effectively dealt with that crisis. Mm. Uh, Rob, we're up against a break. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation. But as we look at how that took root in America and Boy Scouting began to explode, attracting boys to, in many ways to prepare them for military service and to prepare them to be men in that journey from uh, being a, a boy, adolescent, into manhood. We'll talk about that. But then I, I want to unpack the choices that were made that led to the demise of one of the uh, the most significant institutions, private institutions in, in America. Folks, you're listening to Washington Watch. Don't go away. We're coming right back. When it comes to reading the Bible, sometimes it can be difficult to know where to start or to understand how to apply Scripture to everyday life. There are also those passages that leave people scratching their heads, wondering what some things even mean and what they're supposed to make of it. We all know that Scripture is divinely inspired and given by God, and it's useful to us as God uses it to prepare and equip us to do good work for His kingdom, to grow us and to bring us closer to Him. God's Word is powerful, but it shouldn't intimidate you. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. It's a two-year plan that helps you read the Bible daily so you can stay grounded in God's truth, navigate our culture from a biblical worldview, and grow closer to God. This plan will help you to practice the discipline of reading Scripture every day so you can be transformed by God's Word. Sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org Bible. God is the author of life and has created man in His image. Therefore, we must respect the inherent dignity of every human life from conception until natural death. That is why Family Research Council works to pass legislation that highlights this principle, including laws that protect the unborn. To keep you informed on this issue, FRC has created online maps that illustrate progress in each state on key pro-life laws. That way, you can know if your state legislators are working to protect unborn babies. The pro-life laws FRC tracks at the state level include those addressing late-term abortions, fetal dignity, defunding abortion businesses, and providing medical care for babies born alive after an attempted abortion. 
See where your state stands on pro-life abortion. Check out our pro-life maps at frc.org slash pro-life maps. Most Americans believe they have a biblical worldview, but current research shows that only 6% actually have one. This means that most of our friends and neighbors, including those who attend church, don't think about the day's moral and cultural issues through a biblical lens. Increasingly, we see the disastrous effects of a culture that has rebelled against the truth of God's Word. That is why Family Research Council has launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. This center is an exciting new ministry created to help Christians develop and live by a biblical worldview, to understand why scriptures must be authoritative, and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. The experts at FRC's Center for Biblical Worldview provide research and resources to help prepare believers to give a biblical answer to our culture's most pressing questions. Access the center's free resources at frc.org slash worldview. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Glad to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Today, uh, a little different. Uh, it's Friday. I got a chance to go a little deeper on the topic. Looking at the Boy Scouts last week, uh, they announced that they reached an $850 million settlement with uh, former scouts that have been sexually abused. They're in Chapter 11 in bankruptcy. Uh, they say they hope to emerge and uh, pursue their mission. But can they? Uh, Rob Swartzwalder joining me, Regent University professor and director of Regent Center for Christian Thought and Action, former member of the FRC leadership team and a longtime scout leader. Uh, Rob, it's kind of hard to cover 110 years in uh, in less than an hour, uh, but I think you've laid a pretty good foundation. Even, you know, Hollywood celebrated the Boy Scouts as well. I remember uh, one of a, a movie, uh, Follow Me Boys, with Fred McMurray uh, right. about scouting. Uh, it, it's been a, it's it's just been a part of America. It's like baseball, apple pie, uh, scouting. Where if you could point to one thing, what was the beginning of the end for the Scouts? Well, I think it's a long trajectory. Their refusal to deal openly and honestly with sexual abuse and provide safeguards has been a multi-decade problem. But in terms of the way scouting itself has been eroded more immediately, we have to go back to the decisions that were made at the scouting convention in 2014, where they decided to allow open homosexuals um, to serve um, or to, to be in scouting's ranks. I remember so vividly um, Wayne Perry, who um, is a very nice man, but uh, was then the president of scouts. And he said in front of the audience, and I was a part of it, um, when he was asked, are we going to allow gay scoutmasters? And he, is that going to come to a vote next time? And he said, I'm not going to bring it up. And there was laughter. And they thought, well, we've kind of placated um, those who want to change um, the traditional moral standards of scouts. Well, as you know very well, and the listeners know, the demands of the left are insatiable. They don't want tolerance. They want ex- not only acceptance, they want affirmation. And if they don't get affirmation, they want silence. Yeah, let, let me play a clip, because I actually have a, a clip of this, in, in, and then I'm going to 
I want to kind of summarize this progression because I think you're right. It happened very rapidly. But I think it, I, I want to underscore what you said earlier. I think it goes to their failure to to address the underlying compromise that allowed these boys to be abused. And then, you know, it's 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 almost like, well, uh, let's give in to everybody else. So maybe they will forgive us for what we did or didn't do yeah. uh, in years past. But I have a clip here of uh, Rex Tillerson. Uh, speaking at the 2013 convention that you talked about. Uh, This was the day after the vote. They had voted and about 60 percent approved of the membership change that would have that allowed uh, boys who had a were homosexual, had a sexual orientation uh, to join, changing the membership rules. Uh, But as you said, uh, they said, well, we're not going to change the leadership rules. Of course, we'll see that that didn't take long for them to change that. But here's this clip, clip number four of Rex Tillerson. What is left after we make the decision to change is the mission. And the mission has not changed. How we will deliver the mission. How do we want to implement the change? That's what we've got to talk about. With such a fundamental change, I mean, I would argue... And by the way, Rex Tillerson went on to serve as uh, Secretary of State. He's the only uh, cabinet member that Donald Trump picked that I opposed. Uh, And it was for this very reason uh, that he's the one that shepherded this change. Uh, Rob, I would argue that what the Boy Scouts did is they fundamentally changed their mission by allowing this. Absolutely right. When Tillerson said that, that the mission hasn't changed and scouting has continued to make that argument, we have the same mission. Well, ostensibly, their mission is to take boys and make them into honorable, brave, um, leader-capable men. They are having difficulty defining even what a man is. Should men even be in leadership? And does, do men have a unique role to play in our culture of any kind? And instead, now scouting has pretty much been reduced to let's have fun outdoors sometimes if the weather is nice, and let's all embrace um, everybody's moral philosophy, everybody's convictions, transgenders, um, openly gay and lesbian people. They're allowing um, girls into Boy Scouts, creating great friction with the Girl Scouts, which long ago embraced um, in at least uh, subtly, lesbianism as an alternative lifestyle. Um, we're seeing the moral incoherence that we see around our culture infusing every aspect of the scouting movement. So this idea that we can kind of cling to the rope of a historic mission when we grease that rope, as it were, with the very things that will destroy the mission is completely incoherent. And we see the fruit of it now with Scouting being this um, very now increasingly small organization um, that really hasn't defined even its own terms. In the Scout Oath, you pledge, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and to my country. What kind of honor is there, frankly, in an organization that for decades has refused to address pedophilia and sexual abuse in its ranks, And what kind of honor is left when you have compromised your basic mission of defining what good manhood is, what leadership is, 
Does character matter? These are things that have been abandoned. I almost get emotional talking about them because for years, my sons were in scouts. They were in leadership positions in scouts. They're both first-class scouts. One of them was very close to becoming an Eagle Scout. But when scouting made this moral change, he said he didn't want to be part of it then. And I'm very proud to say that my sons were among the first 10 young men in Virginia to reach the highest level in Trail Life USA. So they stayed faithful, and I'm proud of them for it. And you should be. And uh, we're up against another break. I just do want to say that uh, that initial meeting that took place in Kentucky for Trail Life USA, you were there, that first organizational meeting uh, in which this idea was being discussed representing FRC uh, and, of course, your own interest in scouting. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation. um, When we come back, I, I want to quickly walk through this very slippery slope that the Boy Scouts went down to bring them to where they are today. So folks, stay with us. We're coming back uh, with Rob Schwartzwalder and more of our discussion of the Boy Scouts after this. Are you looking for a go-to platform where you can get relevant commentary on the cultural issues of the day from a biblical perspective? Today, it can be hard to find this in light of media censorship of conservative and Christian voices. Here at Family Research Council, we believe that every American has a right to exercise their freedom of speech and share their stories with the world. And we think it's important for you to have access to these stories. To get the facts and stories the left doesn't want you reading, head over to frc.org blog to check out our newest blog posts. We cover the issues you care about, all written by our experts in policy, government affairs, and biblical worldview. Our experts unpack the topics that other media platforms won't, like current events that affect Christians internationally, sexuality from a biblical perspective, and insights into the increasingly radical shift in American culture. To stay up to date on current news related to faith, family, and freedom, go to frc.org blog. We're seeing more and more cases of censorship and the canceling of many conservatives and Christians by big tech companies. To combat this, Family Research Council has chosen to be proactive before big tech tries to censor or cancel us. We want to stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom, even if big tech tries to silence us. It's easy. You just sign up for the text alerts by texting STAND to 67742, and you'll get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and FRC will keep you looped in on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll get information on our upcoming events and programs. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for faith, family, and freedom, and keep you connected with the like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. My uh, guest, Rob Swartzwalder, Regent University professor and director of the Re- of Regent Center for Christian Thought and Action, former member of the FRC leadership team and a longtime scout leader. Uh, Rob, the, the progression that this went on beginning in 2013 when they changed the membership rules, you know, to allow for sexual orientation to no longer be... Uh, a restriction. 
the the progression is stunning. Uh, and that's why it really it's at the heart of the case study here, because once you compromise core principle, and again, I would argue with, along with you that this goes back to the compromise of not protecting children and covering up the sexual abuse. But uh, when they gave way to the cultural winds, the progression is stunning. 2013, allowing, uh, again, re- removing the restriction on sexual orientation. But of course, at that time, as you pointed out, they said, well, we're not going to change leadership. July uh, 2015, the Boy Scouts announced Monday it's lifting the ban on gay adults as scout leaders. So, so much for the change. But even this, as you pointed out, didn't satisfy the left. Uh, this was Chad Griffin at the time, the head of the human rights campaign. He said, today's votes by the Boy Scouts of America to allow gay, lesbian and bisexual adults to work and volunteer is a welcome step toward erasing a stain on this important organization, but including an exemption for troops sponsored by religious organizations undermines and diminishes the historic nature of today's decision. Discrimination should have no place in the Boy Scouts, period. Again, a case study in showing that you can never appease those who are demanding to fundamentally change morality in this country. So let's fast forward. January 2017, the Boy Scouts of America announced on Monday that it will allow transgender children who identify as boys to enroll in boys-only programs. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move to the fall of 2017. On Wednesday, the Boy Scouts of America announced it will soon allow girls to join the organization at the rank of Eagle Scouts. And then we come to where we are today, where they're in bankruptcy and they're having to pay eight hundred and fifty million dollars to try and compensate the victims. Uh, This path has been stunningly swift. That's Yes, it really has. In the year 2000, the Supreme Court of the United States said um, they were, the Boy Scouts were sued because they're um, an organization that identifies as having a faith in God, whatever God you wish to worship. Historically, it was the God of the Bible, and then they opened it up to um, other faiths, which is um, certainly within their sphere of, of right to do that. But the Supreme Court affirmed as a private organization, they had a right to declare faith in God. They had a right to um, maintain their own moral principles. But then the pressure started really coming, not from within the ranks of scouts, not from scoutmasters or local troops, but from corporate America. People like Steven Spielberg, the filmmaker, withdrew from scouting's board of directors because he said they were homophobic. Um, and then companies like Rex Tillerson's AT&T, um, Boeing, other major historic sponsors of scouting pulled out their financial support because scouting was still prohibiting open homosexuality and all other kinds of um, sexual expression that didn't comport with their historic commitment um, to sexual probity. They were preventing those things. And as a result, Scouting was pressured tremendously. And at that 2013 meeting, Tony, that we've mentioned, um, I remember very vividly the statistics being used that the, the major regions of scouting were reporting even then they would potentially lose hundreds of thousands of members and that the only entities within scouting itself that were really crying for a change were smaller units in the northeast and on the west coast. 
in the heartland, in the south, in the west, which is where the great majority of scouting traditionally um, has been, there was um, opposition to this movement. Um, but essentially due to corporate pressure and due to internal pressure from the leadership by a vote of about three to two, as you noted, um, scouting began to make this change. Um, yielding to corporate pressure um, that was itself yielding to the pressure of the activist gay left uh, resulted in um, scouting not having the courage to stand up and say, if you want to take your money, go. We're an organization of principle, of conviction. And instead, they saw essentially the dollar as their grid through which they would view their decision. And that was a huge animating factor for it. As you pointed out in 2000, they won all the way at the Supreme Court. And here, really, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory by their compromise. Uh, Here I have a a short clip I want to play from 2015, speaking about the leadership. This was Robert Gates, former – well, actually, we're up against a break. Um, uh, I I still got to bring in – Mark, and I, and I want to do that, but I want to I want to ask you to hold on just a second because I want to touch this uh, on the other side of the uh, of the break. All right, can we do that? Can you stick with me, Rob? Okay, um, I really want you to hear this, and then we're going to get Mark Hancock in, the CEO of Trail Life USA, because from the implosion of the Boy Scouts, there were some visionaries who saw this coming. They saw this slippery slope. They this case study that we're doing in compromise. They saw it coming, and so fortunately, uh, they built another organization that is growing by leaps and bounds, and it's a a great uh, Christian-based, strong organization, Trail Life USA. We're going to talk with uh, Mark Hancock coming up in the next segment as well. So don't go away. More Washington Watch to come. What is religious freedom and why should you care about it, both domestically and internationally? By definition, religious freedom is the freedom to hold religious beliefs of one's choice and to live according to those beliefs. At Family Research Council, we care about religious freedom because we believe it is an inherent human right that all governments have an obligation to protect. Tragically, not all governments do. Religious persecution is a harrowing reality around the world that is not often acknowledged by the media, even though attacks on people of all faiths continue to mount in many regions of the world. God calls Christians to care for the persecuted church, the downtrodden, and those who cannot help themselves. Therefore, we must be advocates for those persecuted for their faith. To learn more about this issue and what you can do to help, go to frc.org slash IRF to check out Family Research Council's latest resources on international religious freedom. Christians are called to seek after the Lord above all things. This means we must pray unceasingly, vote our biblical values, and boldly stand for truth. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission every Wednesday as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to encourage brothers and sisters in Christ to focus their attention on the Lord in every aspect of their lives. Pray, Vote, Stand will help equip you to stand for biblical truth in the midst of a confusing time in our culture. 
Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. This year, let's commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. To watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts, visit PrayVoteStand.org. That's PrayVoteStand.org. Want honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world? Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday by tuning into Washington Watch. You can listen to the show whenever it works for you. Go to TonyPerkins.com to stream episodes on demand or listen by radio through American Family and Radio Network, Bot Radio, the KTLW Radio Network, or independent Christian radio stations across the country. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Mike Pompeo, Senator Marsha Blackburn, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Sissy Graham Lynch, and more. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day by tuning into Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Again, that's TonyPerkins.com. This is Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. Glad you're with us. Rob Swartzwalder, Regent University professor and director of Regent Center for Christian Thought and Action. My guest, we're talking about the Boy Scouts, a case study in the cost of compromise. Uh, Rob, thanks for sticking around. Uh, we're going to get to Mark here in just a minute to talk about the alternative here, a, uh, a, an organization that is rising in the ashes of the Boy Scouts. We were talking about the this progression of compromise and how stunning it was, how rapidly stunning it was. But I want to go to Robert Gates, former Secretary of Defense, uh, at the 2015 meeting talking about the change in policy. And uh, you talked about the giving in to the cultural winds to, you know, it's like this is happening over here, so we have to run. Even though they had won, the Boy Scouts won at the Supreme Court in 2000, saying you have the right to set your own standards. You're a private organization. You can do that. So uh, play clip number two for us, please. Our oath calls upon us to do our duty to God and to our country. The country is changing, and we are increasingly at odds with the legal landscape at both the state and federal levels. The one thing that caught me about that is he didn't mention that God hadn't changed. The legal landscape maybe had changed, but God's standard and the standard that the Boy Scouts, and by the way, let me throw this in because uh, even Rex Tillerson in 2019 made this admission when he was speaking before the Scouts. Play clip number five. The founder of our scouting movement, Lord Baden-Powell, when asked where religion comes into scouting, he replied, it does not come in at all. It is already there. It is a fundamental factor underlying scouting. And indeed, that is why our scout oath begins with our duty to God and the final point of the scout law which guides us into putting into action the oath is a scout is reverent. So the whole commitment we make as scouters and teach our scouts to undertake begins and ends with God. Those words ring awful hollow. To me. Yeah, sadly, I think they really do. Um, 
it's interesting that within the scout oath that he alluded to, it does end with reverence, but reverence for what? A God of your own self-creation? Um, he mentioned, and you drew attention to this right at the beginning, Tony, he said, um, or uh, rather uh, you said, um, this whole idea that um, scouting um, is on this slippery slope and has just gone further and further down. Um, people like Rex Tillerson, ironically, have advanced this. Robert Gates made, said something I thought was very significant. He said, um, our loyalty to God and the country haven't changed, but the country is changing. The legal landscape has changed. Frankly, if he were to have abided by the scout oath and the scout law, he and the other leaders of scouts would have said, legal landscape is inconsequential. We'll fight. And if we lose, we'll go down fighting because we are men of principle, principles that don't change, principles that are grounded in the natural law that's affirmed by essentially every religious faith and for the overwhelming majority of scouts in the United States who profess Christian faith grounded in our God, the God of the Bible. And instead, it's culture's changing, so we better change with it. The very thing that made scouting unique, its sense of honor and conviction and principle, was thrown aside for the sake of appeasing cultural winds, appeasing an antagonistic culture. And sadly, parents and families who loved scouting precisely because scouting would not bend have now thrown up their hands and are moving into other groups like the wonderful Trail Life USA organization that our friend Mark Hancock is going to be talking about in just a moment. Rob, before before I go to Mark and uh, and talk about this uh, great alternative that has emerged on the scene, which I think is actually stronger than the Boy Scouts uh, had been in the last half a century on these core values, you know, some might be who've joined us uh, through the course of this program may say, well, you know, all right, so what? The Boy Scouts are gone. Again, my point here today, yes, I wanted to be critical of the leadership because they chose this path and they deserve to be criticized, in my view, uh, because we were very much involved in trying to show them what was going to happen because we've seen this before. But this is also a warning, is it not, Rob, to other institutions that this outcome cannot be escaped if you choose the same path of compromise? Absolutely. At Christian colleges and universities around the country, there's tremendous pressure from gay rights organizations to demand that we as Christian colleges and universities provide things like same-sex housing or LGBT student groups. Thankfully, the Christian College Coalition is standing against that, um, taking legal action to defend the right of Christian colleges to remain Christian in every, in every way. But that's just one example. And a few Christian colleges have compromised. They have compromised their mission. A few months ago, you and I were talking about Bethany Christian Services, historically a wonderful organization that is now making children available to same-sex couples in violation of the very Christian faith it espouses. The slope becomes fast and slippery, and it has to be stood against. We don't need to walk up to the slope. We need to walk away from it. Stand where God's word always stands, lovingly and graciously, because his way is best. God is not unkind. His standards are not cruel. They're for our good and the good of our children. 
Let's stay standing firm for them. Well said. Uh, Rob Schwartzwalder, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for coming on today. My pleasure. Thank you. Folks, uh, we, we need to look, listen, and learn. What the Boy Scouts, I believe it's kind of like the canary in the coal mine. What the Boy Scouts have experienced, which is so profound, so pronounced. I mean, as I said, it's stunning how rapidly this occurred. But to think that it won't happen to, as Rob said, Christian colleges, Christian adoption agencies, churches, denominations. Look, once you begin to slide down this slope, there is no returning. Um, but I do want to say this, that there are those that are completely committed to these core principles, not just in scouting, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment, but also in education, in the church. And so we're seeing kind of a separation of those that are truly committed to this truth, and then those who just, like we saw a few moments ago, are just giving lip service to God. I mean, if you're going to follow, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So there's something that follows Let's turn now. I want to bring uh, Mark Hancock in. He's the CEO of Trail Life USA. As I mentioned, there is uh, an organization that has emerged from this. There was some men that had a vision, and when they saw the path that the Boy Scouts were starting down, they began the process. And now today, uh, Trail Life USA is growing by leaps and bounds. Mark Hancock, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. It's great to be here. Well, you've got to be, uh, I mean, obviously sad with what's happening with the Boy Scouts, but let's focus. I've already talked about Boy Scouts. I'm going to talk about Trail Life USA. You have to be excited about what is happening in Trail Life USA. Well, we're seeing tremendous growth. You know, we're only eight years old, but we're in all 50 states, over 950 churches, 33,000 members across the country, and, and we're just exploding recently uh, as, as people are, are discovering uh, Trail Life USA and what it is that we're offering. The unapologetically Christian, boy-focused emphasis of Trail Life USA is ringing true with parents and boys across the country. Let's talk, Mark, about those core principles. Let's talk about first the spiritual component. You're unapologetically committed to that. We really are. I mean, there's no reason for us to exist otherwise because there's other organizations that are taking boys into the outdoors, but we, that, we, we own that space. We are so committed. You know, a lot of people say, well, you look like you, you look kind of like Boy Scouts. We say, no, there's some, there's two really key differences. One is that we're unapologetically Christian and the other that is that we're boy focused. We're not some outdoor organization having a Christian experience. We are at our core, a Christian ministry that uses the outdoors to develop boys into, into good and godly men. Now, you said you've, I mean, eight years. Uh, I remember the initial meeting. You're now at 33,000 um, uh, members. What do you see as the future for this, for Trail Life USA? I'll tell you, this, there's a couple of things that, that we understand as believers, and that's that things are changing in our culture really quickly. And, and we've lost touch with some of those moorings that held us to, the, to, to who we are as Americans and also who we are as, as believers. And I think that Trail Life is raising up a remnant, if you will, a generation of boys that, that aren't go- only going to be developed so that they can stand against this uncertain current that they're facing, but they can actually stand against the tide itself and turn the tide itself. So we're not just developing boys who can survive in this culture. We're developing boys who will help 
to, to, to engage the culture, to change the culture. It could be this next generation that saves us rather than us saving them. Because, you know, when you look around, it's, it's, it's really discouraging to see where we are. But we're raising a generation of young men in Trail F USA uh, who, who adhere to those principles that, that we haven't forgotten. And they're being that, embedded in them deeply. That, that is really, really good, Mark, because what you're saying then is you're, you're raising boys not just to know how to go out and camp and, and do all those things, but stand for principle. And you juxtapose that to the Boy Scouts, in fact, the leadership compromising that principle because of the cultural winds. You're teaching boys to stand in the face of that cultural winds, of those cultural winds based upon what is true and what is right, not just today, but what has been true, what will be true. Those things are worth defending. Yeah, and you've got to wonder if you're going to be an organization that develops character but you don't have any absolutes that you're pointing to. You don't have any real truth you're pointing to. What, what are you going to lean on? How do you begin to even talk about things like good and bad if you, if you haven't identified that, that core, that base, that foundation? And because our foundation is a word of God and Trail Life USA, we believe that we can develop character in boys because we're giving them absolute truths that they can count on, generational truths that, that for, for, for since eternity, since, right. since, the, since the, God's since word God has not created our planet. Yeah, unchanged. I mean, it's, if you're like climbing a rock, you want to be tethered to something that is, uh, is sure, and, and you're spiritually, morally tethering uh, the organization to the word of God, which is unchanging. Yeah. How many churches now uh, have uh, organizations Gosh, probably be, as of this morning, maybe around 950 churches across the country. We're in all 50 states. So, Mark, how would a church that maybe they had been in scouting before or maybe they would just like to get into this, uh, how can they find out more about maybe starting their own uh, troop of Trail Life USA? Well, at our website, trailfusa.com, they can get connected. And their parents can both find a map of the United States that shows where all of the current troops are. So maybe a parent wants to get involved with an existing troop. Or there's also instructions on how to start a troop. And it takes five adults and a church. You know, we really consider ourselves an outreach of the local church. We're not just using their basement to meet in. We are a ministry of that church. So five adults and a pastor who's, who shares the vision for the next generation uh, can, can start it can start a troop. And it's funny because people say, how many boys do we need? And it's fine. If you start it, the boys will come. If you build it, they will, they will come. A lot of times troops will say, we'll probably have about 20 boys. And by the time they start, they have 40, 50, 60 boys. Boys and families come out of the woodwork because they understand they're looking for like-minded people who are pointing to eternal principles that they can lean on and they can, and they can raise their sons in that kind of environment. Uh, Mark, do you have like an annual convention where all of the troops get together? Well, what's interesting is the way that we're structured, we're structured, we have eight regions and our regions put on events. They just had a summer adventure, I think maybe two weeks ago in West Virginia, the Southeast region, they had over 400 boys uh, gathered there. So the regions do those events. Every five years, we have a national convention because we don't want to interrupt the work of those, those local leaders and doing their events during the summer. So every five years, we do have a national uh, event. Our next will be in 2023. Well, Mark, I want to commend you, and I know John Stenberger, who was there at the very beginning as well. Uh, you guys are doing great work. We're so grateful for you, and, and I'm very familiar with the work, and so I, I, I want to encourage our churches and, and parents who would want to connect their boys or their churches 
Trail Life USA is uh, is the place to go. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Tony. God bless you. All right, and 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 pastors, I would encourage you. I mean, our boys need. You know, we do these men's conferences, stand courageous, and this is really kind of the the boys' version of what Mark was describing for the boys to stand courageous in a culture that has lost its way. And and we need something for our our, our young boys to to learn how to be men, biblical masculinity. And it's got to be tethered to the truth of God's word. That's what I like about Trail Life. So I would encourage you to check that out and um, see if maybe you can launch a troop at your church. And parents, look at their website. Maybe there's one near you that your young men can uh, be a part of. But let me go back uh, in our closing f- moments here together. Look, this is a ca- the Boy Scouts is a case study in the cost of compromise. It will cost you everything. It cost you monetarily. It will cost your reputation. It will cost everything. The Boy Scouts are not even a shell of what they used to be. They chose to go down this path of moral compromise. And we should all learn a lesson from their mistakes. Folks, I want to thank you for uh, joining us. Always great to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.